joining us today for the first time in a while is Mr. Devil. Good to hear you, bud. I'm back, sort of. <laughs> and with us today is a very special mm-hmm. guest, Kim. Welcome. Ah, thank you so much. Um, today is our, I won't say official because I don't, I didn't plan for this to be an official thing, but it kind of works that way with Leather Strips too. Um, mm-hmm. Our first one with Miss Rue was so... I loved it so much. I thought it wasn't a bad idea to do something like this on a regular basis. And I think the the leather community needs that kind of conversation on a regular basis. As we're we're predominantly a kink focused podcast, so it's not our primary focus. But that doesn't change that we're leather folk and I think it's one of the few places there's a vocal point, which as we keep learning, there isn't really much of. There truly isn't. So I'm going to start by asking uh, Miss Kim what we normally do is give each ourselves a little bit of a blurb about how we started, where we're from, where we're at now, if you'd be so kind as to walk us through that. Okay. In in my kink and leather journey? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, I grew up in the Midwest, so my first experience with leather was uh, in my early 20s. Um with a biker gang. And I think I, I mentioned that that experience scared the shit out of me and I do not regret it. Um, (laughs) but I moved, (laughs) I moved to California in 1992. So I've been here for a very long time, disconnected from, from the leather when I first moved here because it was quite a culture shock. And I had a many (laughs) years, many years of trying to find my way and where to fit in. And so, you know, early on it was, it was with the gay leather men, which was always a super uncomfortable situation, but at least I had, at least I had the, the foundation and the energy. And, um, eventually, um, like, I don't know, 10, 10, 12 years ago, um, I found my place with the San Diego community. Um, I got into rope, which I think, you know, everybody does. And I realized that I was being pigeonholed in that community because I wanted to do other things. I wanted to do, you know, more hardcore core play. And they were just like, oh, no, you can't do that. And, and I ended up going on a camping trip with some fucking leather people. And I was like, uh, yeah, these are my people. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, we were chasing down girls and capturing them and zip tying them to the ground. And so, you know, and, and it was all, it was all super fun. And so that's my connection. Awesome. (laughs) And, uh, I, it, it was like the, it was the greatest feeling to know that the, you know, the fucked up shit that I wanted to do was okay. And there was a place to do it. And there were people that wanted to do it. No, mm-hmm. really. This is cool. We like it, too. Yeah, absolutely. Right? <laughs> Seriously. For real, though. Yeah, I so think that's here I am. I don't know, though. I was, judged, I was judged so harshly in, in that rope community for, you know, like wanting to put a knife to someone's throat and, you know, just... Everybody just wanted to tie people up and take pretty pictures. And I'm like, this is boring as fuck. Well, I mean, to be fair, you were raised in the Midwest. You should be familiar with quiet oppression. (laughs) Definitely. Sorry. Seriously. It was a plan from the time I was 15. I'm like, I am out of this state and I will find a way to do it. And and that's what I did. I mean, I didn't even go to college until I was 30. I was out here. 
everything was about saving the money, getting a job, finding a place to live, and going to California. <laughs> no, Seriously. I appreciate that, having a damn mission. And, and no, I'm going to see this through. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I think I would, probably would have died there. No, that's actually a more common tragic tale than it should be. So again, it, <laughs> yeah. it really is. Hey, at least you're one of the lucky ones who made it out. There are plenty yeah. of them who do not. Yeah, I mean, that's so true. Technically speaking, you're still there yourself. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, that this is true. I am I am back in the freaking Midwest. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Every time you think you're going to escape, another form of black hole pulls you back. I mean, <laughs> pretty much. It happens. I don't know, though. It may be a little different for you, you know, but I, I oh, mean, I'm I sure. obviously don't know you, but I, I don't think you're a leather dyke. So, it, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm not a leather dyke. It, it, it I would hope not only because he has so many one on unanswered TV. questions at that point. Uh, like, how did yeah, none could, of us I notice? Do you see people doing this? I could see it. Well, I mean, I Daddy has a whole new meaning. <laughs> Call hey, me no. daddy, you little lipstick bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's actually what we do say. <laughs> I don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, Lord. technically speaking, we all say that. It's just a question of relativity. I... <laughs> okay, well, to be fair, I leave the lipstick part out of it. Just call me daddy, you little bitch. <laughs> it depends on what you're I get this lovely little. I've done both. I get this I lovely appreciate. little look over somebody's shoulder. <laughs> See, yeah, if you knew how, right. if you knew how important uh, lipstick is to a queer femme, that's the reason mm. we say it. <laughs> I, yep. I have, I don't have the same familiarity and background in it, but I'm familiar enough to say that I, there's been at least a couple of points in my twenties where I absolutely use that on someone. Um, I, <laughs> I spent, I spent quite a bit of time also myself with the gay leather community. I mean, it was basically the only outlet I had even being a straight male to find what it was that I was looking for. So, you know, I did run across a few leather dice, but not many. Because even where I'm from, it was still a very inclusive all male world. Well, and that's and that... the that was the thing that caught me in. What has always caught my interest is as someone who's pansexual leather and has been pretty much my entire life. Like there is no, there's only one pansexual leather community that I'm actually aware of, and it's in Minnesota, and they're the Knights of Leather, and they're the only ones I know of that's remotely organized. But pansexual mm -hmm. leather is not inherently excluded from a lot of places. And I found that interesting. It's one of the few groups where we're very fluid around where nobody really doesn't accept us, though they, of course, have their own spaces. Whereas lesbian leather specifically, which is a whole different animal, and it's largely almost unheard of. Yeah, to an extent. I've, I've also felt that way that it's largely unheard of, and I really, truly wish to give more of a voice to that side of it they are just as just as important as the rest of us they have to be i mean we all are no i agree it's just difficult though for someone like me i don't um i don't even really feel comfortable identifying as a lesbian because i don't agree with a lot of the politics um i get that. and i think yeah. that we discussed this somewhere else about you know, having to buy into the to the man hating and fuck the patriarchy and all of that. And I just don't you know, I don't I don't feel that way. Like 
I exist in the world, and that's the way I fuck the patriarchy. I don't have to shout it <laughs> from the top of the of the rooftops. You know, I just I just want to be. No, absolutely. Well, that's also that's also fair. It goes back to the episode we had not too long ago about stereotypes. It's mm-hmm. just being pigeonholed into another stereotype. Like you brought yes. up being pigeonholed into rope. Yep. I love the fucking I love the fucking play with rope. It's a good time, but I'm gonna bust out that knife and pokey in the asshole. I got you all tied up. I ain't gonna take That's right. <laughs> there <It's>, you go. <laughs> it's a means to an end. <laughs> yep. It's one of the. It's so you'll stop squirming. <laughs> right. It's do one it, of the things I it. find interesting in that you know it's something we as a common group here, the four of us specifically, happen to have a little bit of, in that like as a pansexual person, I don't agree with the politics of hetero leather, gay leather. LGBTQ leather, for that matter. Like, I don't really agree with the politics of any of them because they're all missing part of the message in the process for me. Correct. And that's you know that part of the process. Is. I'm. It's anyone who's heard me for more than five minutes. I'm leather, and that's that. And most people are so busy trying to pigeonhole it into one corner or another. It's like, no, 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 no. no. I'm just leather. Yeah, and I don't wish to bash the human leather. race. I really oh. don't wish to bash the human race, but I'm going to for a moment. Is because we all have this inherent, we all have this inherent need to feel special. Yeah. Oh, I'm fucking special, so I'm going to give myself this grand fucking title because this is who I wish to be. Why don't you just be, be a fucking human being and shut the fuck up because you're not special. I agree, one hundred percent. Well, and it's there's a discussion elsewhere not too long ago, um, a really good one for that matter about, yeah. you know. I am all for leather having its spaces. Like, I want hetero leather to have its own space. I want gay leather to have its own space. I want black leather to have its own space. I don't say they need to have no spaces, because that is a very specific cultural group in some form or another. Methods, cultures, traditions. And they should have a space to have that. And I'm never going to take away from that. Never. I want them to have that. But there should be a leather space as well for all of us at any time and i realize that takes more emotional labor but it's universal Um, emotional labor and it should be and i realize it isn't always unfortunately um mm -hmm. devil being one of the few exceptions we know what we're talking about as to white males when we say about the white heteronormative control over emotional labor usually puts it on everybody else and we won't get too far into that because that's a whole different discussion but (laughs) <laughs> unfortunately God. it's true where more often than not and even in the leather community it's more often foisted on everybody else other than mm-hmm. white gay and white hetero leather they're like yes well, i'm just not going to and it's like but you're part of the problem then well because that so do you open pandora's box I know, <laughs> I know i had to i didn't have a choice no no and, and i and i say this I mean, there's there's love and reverence, and then there's not, right? But like, it's perfectly fine to say, "I'm not willing to participate in something." It's perfectly okay to say that I don't have the bandwidth for that. Like, yeah, love that makes sense, absolutely. But I don't appreciate is when you have one specific demographic dominating leather culture, and they are gatekeeping it, and they're doing it on purpose because. It's still that mindset of for us, by us. And that, that to me is where the rub is because, you know, kind of to Kim's point, right? Like I, being a woman entering this realm of unacceptance, um, 
you know, it's, I was, because I was bisexual, I wasn't queer enough for other spaces. Right. No, because bisexual means that I can't fucking decide, apparently. And then you've got the other, the issue of, well, I'm not gay and I'm not male. So because, you know, because of the unfortunate nature of my birth, <laughs> we want to be Victorian. Um, you know, I, there was literally, not only was I prevented from entering spaces, but it was, I was openly derided for it, for even wanting to enter the space. How and dare so, you come in here? Yeah. Well, and it, and it went far, it went past just being, you know, that shitty little upstart because you're 20 something and, you know, trust me, you don't belong here. Go find your own kind. Mm -hmm. but then there was, as I got older and started realizing, no, you're just, you're kind of being a gatekeepy fuck and I am allowed to be here. Yeah. It turned into almost like, and, and this is my experience. So I say it that I preface it with that. This is just my experience, but the gay leather folk that I encountered Almost made it sound like they were being magnanimous that they allowed me to enter the space and yeah. they were being magnanimous by allowing me to have this little corner in the bar where me and other women could hang out. But understand this is for the boys, bitch. And, and, that, and that really was what was happening in a lot. And that's why I actually talk shit about the bar scene because of those experiences, oh, yeah. because I'm so negatively biased to them now, just the cruising and everything that happened. Um, you know, the difference in consent and just kind of all that shit. I fully understand where she is coming from with that one. I mean, again, you know, you know, some of my background, my father yeah. being leather and raising, you know, oh, I think we have her back. Maybe. And me being raised, me being raised in that culture. And, you know, the only places that he could find to where it was acceptable to do these such things was in a lot of gay leather realm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it's. I have this weird perspective because I I was operated into a leather house so early, and it was because the nature of our house was already unique in and of itself. One, it's given me a reason to think that leather houses are not a bad thing, mm -hmm. which I'm glad because I recognize how bad most other leather houses were. Mm -hmm. Let me make that very clear. I am aware that I was in a very unique situation that way. Because our our covered head of household was a gay dude from San Francisco. And as much as he had the right message in terms of how he helped build this household, he still very much had that magnanimous, look at what I've done for you attitude. And I still didn't care for it. Like, you can have the right idea and still be an asshole about it. And unfortunately, that's the yeah. problem I have with our... I won't say our generation, but the, the people who came from our generation and before it in terms of when they came to leather, specifically, as opposed to someone who's joining now who's 50. You know, that's different. <laughs> but I came in at the end of the 2000s. You were raised in it, for example, Devil. Like, we came yeah. into it from an era that was very different, but it mm -hmm. paved the way for why it's so disparate now. Yes. And this so is to, where my have... biggest problem is. Um, you have to think about it. I have been immersed in this lifestyle literally since you were old enough to be consensual. Yeah, seventy-eight or seventy-nine. I was immersed mm -hmm. into it, and it doesn't mean I was a part of it. Right. It my was just my a part entire of what we were living it. It was a, it was part of my entire world. Again, mm -hmm. I never once I never once called my dad dad. Right, sir. I never once heard my mother call him by anything other than master. Never. 
no matter how bad they fought, no matter how rough it would have gotten off the rails, which it does, you know, a couple they argue, it doesn't matter what they are. I had never once heard her call him anything other than master. Right. It is literally, it is literally what I grew up with. I thought the rest of the fucking world was wrong. <laughs> until I was literally, until I was literally old enough to consent for myself and figure out the world, you know, becoming a spry teen and learning, oh, shit. My world's different, not theirs. <laughs> I'm not the normative here, you know? Right. Well, then that's, we and that's kind of where I was, well, and that's kind of where I was going with my rant, because it's like, if if older gay white men would learn that making space for somebody else doesn't mean that we're taking space away from them, exactly. I think things would be a lot calmer. Well, that's never going to happen. Well, and that's the biggest problem is we're, we four happen to be a weird combination in that regard because Devil and I are not representative of that angle, but we come from that angle with a better mindset. And the two of you I learned a lot the of right. other yeah. end of that receiving issue. And all of us I are still dealing with the current wave of resistance, which I think a lot of... We're all familiar with the, the age gra gap in kink right now in leather. And how oh. if you're under 35, it's a very different animal than if you're over 35. In terms of acceptance, methods, etc. Um, and even there, there's a separation. The ones under right. 35 are like, you. That's what I'm talking like, about. You may... You may want to hear what I have to say. Part of the problem is, is we're riding the wave of resistance that came from these asshats who were very gatekeepy and locked down. And it's it's not unlike I was having the conversation with Syria this morning because she's asking questions about leather now um, mm -hmm. because I want her to be interested. And if she decides ultimately she doesn't want to pursue it, I'm not going to make her like that's not how it works. She's entitled to her own path, you know, even with how we figure things out together. She's not obligated just because I am. Right. But right. I would never want her to or feel like mm -hmm. she should. But she's having the problem we've talked about so many times. All you can find online about leather to understand it is about the history of leather circa 1970. That's 90% of what's out there unless you're in a local group somewhere. And mm -hmm. we're not in a place where there even is any. What little there is nearby is mostly gay leather, so it's not an option anyway. Especially not for her, as a young lady. Later, later <laughs> on, when you and I get a moment to ourselves, I can see if I still have some numbers that I can retrieve. There's still six or seven hours from you, but there is a bit of a small community on the eastern side of Idaho. We'll have to talk mm -hmm. about that later then, definitely, because I – the nature of – like, COVID destroyed Idaho, unfortunately. It, it isn't yeah. resuscitated the way we'd like it to be. But it's – she's asking questions that we don't have answers for if I wasn't already leather. But I'm having to explain it to her as someone who has nothing to draw from other than – But you like, do have – It was a thing in the 70s. You still have something to draw from, which is your own personal experience. Right. And sometimes and that's all we have. Well, and I'm grateful. Sometimes I that's do, all we have. The hardest part is, exp as someone who is from the younger generation, mind you. Now, imagine mm -hmm. if you came from the younger generation and you don't know there's a difference between leather, kink, pansexuality, because no one has yeah. ever separated them for you. And broke it down as to what is what. There's nowhere mm -hmm. out there to explain it. 
And it's an interesting problem in that if we ourselves didn't have that knowledge, we would have the same problem. We would. Even at our age. We'd be be floundering in the dark. I would, at at my age where I am now, I would literally probably turn and run if this had caught my eye and had been something that I wanted to do. I don't know if I I would have run, but I certainly wouldn't understand it the same way by any stretch, and I have no problem with that. Minus for the run part is I would have just left it. I wouldn't have come out proud about the fact that I am a I am a Leatherman and I am a kinky 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 motherfucker. (laughs) I'd have just I'd have just kept it to myself. You know, I'd have kept it to myself because there really would not have been a place for me at my age without what I know to walk into it and know that it'd truly be accepted. And I mean physically. Yeah. Oh no! Totally. I'm just grateful I wasn't coming out to kink in Idaho. Now that I know. That would have been so bad. Try coming out in Utah. Try coming out in Utah. Well, I mean, I'm familiar. Ironically, they have a better leather community than we do. Go figure. Uh, Now. (laughs) Not when I was a kid. No, that's fair. You know what I mean. I mean, current events. I mean, you know. But Currently, yes. But as the state was back then, when it was completely controlled by what it was, mm-hmm. what it was controlled by oh, back then, it was it was very very hush hush. It was very very by invite only. It was it was basically like going to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. Mm-hmm. That's a ment- that's I mean, a mentality I laugh, all I its own. <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. Me. No, exactly though. Is we all laugh, but we laugh in pain because we all understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's... quite truly, it was, it was like you walked in the door. Hi, my name is, and this is what I like to do. Hi, how are you? And then <laughs> nobody ever spoke about it. You didn't, you didn't acknowledge each other on the street. If you saw each other, none of it. It well, was quite literally that. <laughs> quite, <laughs> that's quite, quite literally that fucking hush hush. Yeah, it just, it's terrible. It was absolutely terrible. I mean, I don't understand the pain i will never understand what it meant to be ostracized as somebody who was of the same sex origin who wished mm-hmm. to sleep with somebody with the same sex i will never understand it and i cannot relate through and beyond the fact that for a very long time the way i wished to live was considered a sin in most places it's still it. mm-hmm. true most of the shit i like to do is considered illegal as fuck mm-hmm. <laughs> It is what it is, and we are all still stuck in that, yet we do have these opportunities like we do now to share and express and hopefully let others know that, hey, it's okay to be this way. <laughs> it truly is, because more people are than you think they truly are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of wanted to circle back on Knox's experience with like not being enough of one thing and not being enough of another. Um, that there's multi layers of that because even in the queer community, I feel like there's a set of standards that everyone is supposed to adhere to, or then you are not, you're not queer enough. And, um, you know, for me, uh, I'm a she, her butch. And so, you know, I feel like I preface everything with, you know, unapologetically, I'm an unapologetic <laughs> she her leather dyke butch and mm-hmm. then you know there's the thing about um you, you know dating bisexual women Ooh, mm-hmm. why would you want to do that you know and so then i again i'm like uh because 
you know, honestly, well, yes. Um, but where I, where I grew up and I came out at 14. So where I grew up, if, if there weren't bisexual women that would give me a wink, I would have had no experience. So I am eternally grateful for them. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't care if they were experiment, you know, experimenting or not. I would, I didn't show up to fucking marry them. Right. You know? right. Like um, it's a catch and release. I'm here to fuck you and leave. <laughs> I'm not trying to date you. I'm not trying to, like, I ain't trying to marry I you. Mean, I'm not Lay looking down. for Miss Wright. Just write the sick. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Lay down, um, put this in your mouth, shut up and let me get to it. <laughs> shut up and swallow. Sometimes I should probably apologize for that attitude, but I don't really no. want to. It was no. a great experience. Not at all. But not at all. I do say that to, you know, my, my queer peers when they seem to like want to put me down for for venturing into that area you know and and it's not fair it's not fair and i i've said it before you know well whatever you know fuck them more for me pretty much yeah i mean it's to me it i guess it just always surprised me because i am i'm in one of those weird spaces because i am very hetero presenting i'm married to a man a cisgendered man right i identify as a cisgendered woman So I know how we present and people automatically assume, oh, they're just a straight couple. And I've actually had that happen at at queer events where I was running the queer event because it was my space that I created. (laughs) And I literally had somebody go, yeah, it's a shame you're a straight girl. And I was like, (laughs) I kind of just stared at him and I was like, yeah, shame. Like, you just told me you're not worth my time. So thank you so much. Yeah. I, I mean, I've had, I've had women, I've had women say to me, you know, I'm, I'm not a lesbian. And I'm like, well, you don't gotta be. <laughs> I don't care what you identify as. We right? can bang. Like, oh, what's the line? Spaghetti straight until it's wet. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which is kind of my point, right? It's like, Lord, you know, and so it, it's, I don't know. <laughs> I've had so many issues in a lot of those spaces too. And and then too, I get some derision from some of my dyke friends because it's like, well, you know, you do the girly stuff, you wax your eyebrows, you wear, you wear makeup, you do all this stuff. And they're like, yeah, this really isn't the event for you. Cause this is, you know, this is a dyke event. And I was like, dykes can be pretty. So we're clear. Like, yeah. Right. Same experience for me. I had someone say that I was, I was not butch enough. Mm-hmm. Because because I wear like a little bit of eye makeup, mostly because my eyebrows are fucking gray and I'm not going there. Um, <laughs> and I was like, you know what? You could put me in a fucking dress and heels, and I'm still gonna be butch as fuck. So whatever, whatever. <laughs> it's not about what's on the outside. No, and, you know, I just I just have I just have this image of somebody sitting down in a dress and heels with their legs spread like a dude. So. <laughs> With but there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. There's absolutely. I walk by and applaud. <laughs> Give the slow clap. I will never pretend that I have the same problem by any stretch. But as a pansexual man, I always have the problem where, you know, most people on the on the heteronormative side, because I'm clearly male presenting. Mm-hmm. You know, no question. That's you know, I don't sugarcoat it. I know what I am. But it's amazing how many people have come to me who are either gay or queer in the male side of things who are like, I'm apparently not fairy enough because I'm pansexual. Mm. And I'm like, really? That's a shame. Why is that a requirement? 
I'm beating ass. I don't give a fuck what you think. Like, pretty much. I'm an equal opportunity yeah. offender. I don't give a shit what you got between your legs. I'll kick your ass either way. Like, exactly. And I, I know understand. I still don't have the same issues that you did. Like, I and I recognize that even with what I dealt with. Well, and that's I, and that's I, why. I, I, I think I have to retell this story just because we went right down that road. Mm-hmm. But granted, this has still been a while. This was 12 years ago. <laughs> we w- went into this dungeon, dungeon, and it was it was a gay leather event. It was mostly held up by gay, le- gay you know, by the gay leather community at that point in time. Oh boy! And a friend of mine was like, you know, I want you to beat my ass. I just I want to do this. I want I want a session. And I have everything else taken care of, but I really want you to beat my ass. And I was kind of quarreling with one of the other men who were a part of this organization at this point in time. So I quite literally went in drag. <laughs> makeup, dress. I mean, you guys have seen me in pictures and a dress and makeup. I'm not fucking scared of it at all. I don't care. If, you know, mm-hmm. I quite literally went in a dress, full makeup, a pair of heels. I beat this guy's ass, and I straight flamed as hard as I could for it. Stopped at the end of it. He went off to get what he needed, and I had six or seven gay men come over here. You're not gay. No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. But the end of my flog doesn't care the skin that I'm hitting, and my body doesn't care what I'm fucking wearing. Just because you might. I don't. My rule and at that point in time... Go ahead. Go ahead. At, at that point in time... <clears throat> I had these gay leathermen, they were full strapped out on their leathers, stop and look at me. And for a moment, I actually saw a glimpse of hope of that, that whole, oh, wait a minute. These roles don't fucking mean anything. This is all because we're here for the same reason. It's only, it was fleeting. I left like pretty much after that. So I only saw it for fleeting, but sometimes you can get the message across. It's just hard. Oh, man. There's, there's so many different ways you can go with this. <laughs> My rule of thumb has always been very simple. I'm not planning to fuck you afterwards. What do I care what you're into? <laughs> Pretty much. And it's amazing how many people can't process that. I say, catch yeah, not, I mean, not all sessions have to lead in sex. Mm-hmm. They, don't have to, they don't have to end in it. No. No. Not all dynamics are sex. Absolutely, right. yeah. I'm, I'm After I'm done, I'm like, don't fucking better. touch me. <laughs> when I want to beat the shit out of you, I'll beat the shit out of you. It doesn't mean I want something to do with you afterwards. I just wanted to hurt you. I have no mm-hmm. problem with that. I mean, fuck. <laughs> my my hangup is always, I, I would like them to come back so I can hit them harder again. Right. Fair. That's it. I mean, <laughs> it's like, I'm not here to get your rocks off or mine. I just want to hurt you, and hopefully you'll want to be hurt again later because you liked it. I mean, because whether you like it or not, you're getting your rocks off. Step in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Like, if you choose to go fuck somebody yeah. else afterwards, that's your business, and I don't care what that looks like. That's not my business. I don't nope, need to know, all. and I don't care. Yeah. I'm not attached to you that way. I'm here to hurt you. Take that as you exactly. see fit. I'm... No, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm we sorry. have a, <laughs> a, you know, Knox knows, but we have a um, a party at the local dungeon and it's the pride party and it's supposed to be for, you know, LGBTQ and, and their supporters or allies. I can't remember exactly how it's, Mm -hmm. how it's listed, but, um, so 
a couple people who are very dear to me um, went to the party. They thought it was actually a different party, but they got there and it's like, okay, well, we'll just stay and play. And um, like the the local servers fucking lost their minds because they said this this pet couple came into pride and stayed and played and it wasn't their party well the the woman is bisexual and um you know her daddy is fully supportive of everything that they do together i mean they have a polycule and there's a queer person in it there's a lesbian in it there's a bisexual woman in it and He's a fucking monarch, and that is the reason that people lost their minds, and they just made an assumption that he walked in there with his girl because mm-hmm. he could. That's and it was super, super hurtful to them. It that's really was. And, it, and, the, and the message that went out was the monarch showed up at the pride party, and mm-hmm. it was one guy. Yeah. One guy. It was really what, unfortunate. Yeah. It sucked, and it was a mistake. You know, yeah. it's not like they showed up there to make any kind of statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, yeah, and, I, and it was I an organic meeting. It. it was a very organic meeting, too, because the couples didn't know each other prior either. And so it's like right. it was all it was like a perfect, you know, pairing up of people that played, had a great time. It was beautiful. And then, you know, you walk out of the room after this great time and you've got a room full of people staring at you like, who the fuck are you? And you don't belong. Exactly. And, but and it but, was, but it they was so did hurtful. belong. And they, they did belong. belong. Yeah. It's fucking gross. And if, if he hadn't it been wearing his vest, I bet no one would have said a word. I think they would have still said a word just because they were very het presenting. Um, okay. Very, well, they are. Mon- but well, but but very mono presenting, right? Like it, it, you know, it almost. <sighs> see, even I gotta that, be careful here. Even that though, so what? Well, but but see, mono that's the problem with a anyway. lot of. No, but that's a lot of the problem with queer spaces out here is that if you are too heterosexual, monogamous presenting, it's assumed that you're unicorn hunting. Which is, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it's cringy to everybody. And even if you are, so what? Yeah, that still has nothing to do with Leonard and Kink. As cringe worthy as that sounds is who the fuck cares? It's their business. Mm -hmm. Let them do as they wish. That's the key. It was I mean, just the assumption, it. you know, and right. because I know these people, mm-hmm. before, because I know this, these people, um, I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> if I had been there, you know, I, I don't, I'm a pretty peaceful person, but um, it was hurtful, and I know it was hurtful to them. Well, this it was hurtful. Yeah. No, absolutely. This is part of what I wanted to talk about today, and it's why I wanted another round of this, because this this kind of thing is happening more and more recently, which I find... How do I put this diplomatically so we don't start getting hate mail? Because <laughs> you know as well as I do, you know, that's what I was going to say. We know. Uh, we all know. Because I'm not trying to start a fight with anyone or any group or any sexuality. And anyone who's Mm -hmm. listened to me for more than five minutes knows that that's never been my message and it never will be. Mm -hmm. I don't care what you got going on between your legs and I don't care what you're looking for between their legs. It has nothing to do with the conversation as far as I'm concerned. But therein lies my problem at the end of the day is the politics 
have become so mired that it's all anybody worries about. Yes. But that's I'm just sorry, it. It's aren't we here to be fucking leather and kinky? But that's what I'm that's not exactly here to what it argue is. with what your fucking sexuality is. I'm here to beat some ass and be leather. Mm-hmm. But that's exactly the problem. It's the politics and the policy. And that, yeah. Well, that's my problem. It's my problem too, but it is actually the problem. Yeah, well, that's exactly it's the what politics I mean, that are involved. And I'm not. I don't. I'm not singling out any one group. Like it's not just the queer folk. It's not just the hetero folk. It's not just the gay folk. They're all fucking doing it. Yes, it's every group. It's. I mean, I, I'm just as freaking guilty of it as the next person is. I've walked into. I've walked into spaces and been like, "What the fuck are they doing? Mm-hmm. I mean, why are they here?" Yeah. But then I have. I have to actually stop and stand back and look at myself and go, "Hey, wait! You're becoming part of the problem." But that kind of onus to recognize it is the uncommon part. You it is what? the We're uncommon human. part. It's, going, it's okay to make mistakes. We're human. We fuck up. We do dumb shit. Everyone. It's about whether or not you recognize it and peel it back before it becomes an issue. Not For whether me, or not it happens at all. The last time I walked into a space and saw somebody that I thought shouldn't have been there, I literally walked up to this person and said, hello, welcome. Come on in and let's enjoy this. Because I knew that it was wrong of me to think that way. And I know it's not necessarily the, the norm for somebody to actually sit back and self-analyze themselves and immediately on the spot when they think something. Why the fuck are you here? Wait a minute. Why should I think that? Yet if the rest of us in the world would actually stop and think before we spoke in some of those situations, maybe you end up with a great friend. Yeah. And you learn more about another culture and more about this community and other parts of it that maybe have nothing to do with you at all. Because these people literally, they were part of SCAT. And that's a hard fucking limit for me entirely. I'll never go there, but it's their thing and they enjoyed it. But that gives me no right to judge them because they do. It's just cool. Enjoy that over there, but you can enjoy it here. Mm -hmm. Well, I will also say, I'll also say that, you know, this whole, all this what that we do is, is a very energetic exchange um, with strangers. I mean, you walk into a dungeon and you automatically, there's, there's energy flowing in there. And oh, so God, yes. if there's, oh, yeah. you know, sometimes the person that maybe should have selected out of a party, like I feel that right away, um, but it's not my party. I can't do anything about it, but it, it's happened on occasion. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. It does, yeah. I've been to events ben, absolutely on. where I'm like, uh, God, they showed up. But I keep it to myself. <laughs> yeah. And it's no, not okay. because they're not welcome. It's that I have – it's usually because of somebody I'm afraid of is going to create drama, not because somebody doesn't exactly. belong there. Yes. And that's the difference. Yes. But it also – it's also what means to push her out of your comfort zone. I know most of us speak about being comfortable in what we do. But it's mm-hmm. be more – for me, it's more along, being, more along the lines of being comfortable within myself and comfortable enough to allow others – to be comfortable within their comfort zone. Well, just because it makes me necessary, just because that necessarily makes me uncomfortable, because it does, it doesn't them. Well, it's a mm-hmm. it's a great conversation point to have because it's part of the conversation that was had a couple of days ago that I still feel is absolute. Is at the end of the day, I'm okay with being uncomfortable. I'm okay with being yeah. put in positions where I'm uncomfortable. I run a fucking podcast for Christ's sakes about leather and kink. I expect uncomfortable because <laughs> yeah, I know I'm someone allergic. out there sooner or later is going to message me about there's not enough of this there. 
or you're not doing that right. I know it's coming. It'll happen. You know, we'll I'm, all I'm impressed it hasn't happened yet. And that just means that the wrong people haven't heard it yet. Um, <laughs> and I know that alone is probably going to get me an email, but it's I'm OK with being uncomfortable. And that's why I fight the way I do about I don't care if you're black leather or black gay leather and you want your own space. Have your own space. Please have your own space because I know you need that. Enjoy. Don't Enjoy isolate your yourself xenophobically from the rest. Yes. That's like, come on now. I'm a xenophobe. Leave me alone. <laughs> no, I don't give a fuck. Then don't be leather. You know what? I mean, you know what I, I, mean I know that's that. a dick statement, and I know it's no. you know, I know but it's, it's volatile, and I know it's going to start shit, and I don't care. I'm okay with being this the asshole true. who starts shit. If you're not leather first, you're in the wrong community. I understand yeah. you want your own space, and I want you to have your space, and I will fight for you to have it. But recognize that you have your space because there's something for it to be a part of. It's that. And join your spaces sometimes and come out of your hole every now and then and join. Yeah. yeah. And I it's recognize good for you. That that's hard. And I recognize that that right. means you have to put up with other people's preferences. And it means mm -hmm. you have to bite down and put on your big boy pants or big girl pants or big whatever it happens to be pants. You know, I'm not representing any one group here or any other. I don't give a fuck if you're the 32nd gender. You're still coming with your fucking big pants, okay? You show yeah. up as a fucking adult and you deal with it. Because if enough of us do so, guess what? No one's dealing with it. And that's how it should be. But if we're all mm -hmm. too busy catching ourselves on, oh, well, they're here. Grow the fuck up. Yeah. are here to be leather. Not your fucking family. Not like that. Because trust me, yeah. there's enough toxic families out there. We don't need to be another one. <laughs> and, and that's and that's my yeah. point. There's there's a way to be divided about things, and there's a way to have all these different spaces right. for everybody, but still have a sense of community. And I think that's the part that's missing is because everybody fought to have these individual spaces that they needed. I mean, mm -hmm. these were needed spaces to create. Oh, absolutely. But now. There's no cohesive sense of what community means or what it is to identify as leather without attaching one of those things to it. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and I think I, I don't I would never want somebody to lose their identity, but I don't want them to also give up what it means to identify as a leather person. Right. You know, because I think at the end of the day, that's kind of the point is when you identify as leather folk, you are saying to the world, I belong to a group. A larger group, a larger community. That's the point of identifying openly. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why we do it. It's not, well, it's, and after, <laughs> after you identify as leather folk, the patches that you wear and stuff like that denote to what groups you are tied right. to. And that's why mm -hmm. we have them. And that's why we have the separate patches and the different pins to show what conferences you go to. And, right. you know, if you're a title holder, we talk so much about presenting leather and like the crap history behind that. But, that's where, to me, a leather vest matters. Yep. Like, I mean, and it's only because you get to visually see how are you identifying and who do you belong to? You know, who are your people? Who mm -hmm. is your tribe? Who, you know, what community are you saying that you are attached to? You know, because it also helps me if I want to interact with you. Now I know how to interact with you and on what level. I know how to go about vetting you because I know who I need to reach out to. You know, that kind of stuff doesn't happen for everybody just wearing generic ass leather clothes, you know, <laughs> it's like, okay, you know, somebody walking up to me and I've got a leather vest on, they don't know jack shit about me. Right. 
just, you know, I come across as a leather fetishist if you're not sure what you're looking at. Well, that ties all the way back to our original leather episode, you know, back in episode mm-hmm. three, where we said about, you know, when you approach someone, and whether they're leather or not for the first time, you approach them with the same open, simple conversation because you don't know how they present. You don't know how they talk about themselves. You don't know if they, you know, have a particular honorific they prefer. You don't know any of that yet. Or if they don't want you to use one for that matter. I don't care if there's 15 people around them calling a master. They may not want you to because you haven't deserved that or they don't. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to want that if you can articulate it correctly. So how Mm -hmm. do you start? You start by walking up and saying fucking hello. Yeah. With respect. Most people don't don't do that because they already have all of their biases so interwoven in their being. Absolutely. Shit starting statement. It's like it, it's like two <laughs> magnets repelling. Oh, I didn't each mean other. what she said. That shit starting statement right here. What none of these groups want to admit to, and I'd fight them for it. It's just like what's happening to gay leather now. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what's happening is, to gay leather now. They isolate so themselves true. to be something bigger. Which don't get me wrong, I thank gay leather for the bottom of my heart, because without them we wouldn't be here having this conversation. Like, whether we like it or not, maybe it might have evolved some other way someday. But let's be honest, since the other option that we have a source from back in the day is hetero leather, and that was a whole different mess. We won't get into that. We yeah, let's please not do that. Yeah. That's a can of worms. From in this day and age, if they hadn't built the foundation, we just wouldn't. And if we did, it would be a very different animal and may not even exist. I don't know. It might have, but it doesn't change that they were the pioneers of it. And I don't have a problem Mm -hmm. owning that and seeing it for what Mm -hmm. it is and saying, thank you. But I mean, I mean, how far back do you want to go with this? Well, it's not even about going back. It's at the end of the day, the isolationism that became part of it, the gatekeeping that became part of it later when other groups wanted to be a part of the community. And because they weren't gay, they weren't acceptable. And we're now talking, you know, long enough ago that that's not politics today, but it is, but it isn't. But we won't touch that with a 10-foot mm-hmm. pole. That's not the <laughs> message today. No, now, nowadays that, it's become tradition. That issue is what has killed a lot of gay leather communities across the country and even the globe. So mm-hmm. I find it ironic that all of these groups, and I'm not saying every single one of them is that way, because we all have representation of people that have a head on their shoulders. It's not like it's a universal problem in that hmm. sense. We do have mm-hmm. brains in here somewhere, some of us. But you as you can see the splits in the divide. Black leather, gay leather, hetero leather, they all have the same problem. That they're all doing the same thing gay leather did in the first place that helped kill them. Mm. And they're not they're gone, isolating. but they're not like they were. And there's a reason for that. They're heading in the same COVID, direction if they're not careful. I think COVID is starting to bring more people together because of the online avenue. I agree. Um, I think that. Yeah, whole- I, I think that had had COVID not happened, what you're saying would be correct. I think because of COVID, that shifted again. Um, That's possible. Because one of the things that I have seen. As I'm trying to actually interact with more people and specifically more leather folk um, of all walks of life that I possibly can. Right. One of the things that I am seeing 
is that the networking has gotten better. Physical attendance is still low. Yeah. So, and, and what I mean by that is people are absolutely willing to be part of online communities. They're absolutely willing to get on the dark Facebooks no and do about. the things, you know, Instagram and stuff like that. But as far as stepping out into a physical realm, they're still not necessarily willing to do that. And I will say the exception to that is the gay male space is what it is. Dudes like to fuck. So they, you know, well, they go out. And those state spaces were well established long before COVID, which probably didn't Correct. hurt. But their attendance but is still also, low. Yeah. The you, attendance you is still that, the fact that Oh, I'm sure it gay is. Gay men are gay men. Gay men are gay men. They're raucous. They're wild. And they're going to have their fun come fucking hell or high water. Mm-hmm. But yes and no. I mean, monkeypox threw a wrench in that too. So, I mean, there's... Fair. Yeah. There, there have yeah. been other factors that were global that have happened that have impacted a lot of that space too. Because I know in Los Angeles, we're seeing that firsthand. A lot of traditional gay male spaces that were very well attended, and I mean like 200 plus people, are getting 50 to 60. You know, the big raucous parties, like we're all used to seeing, you know, the big bar scene, it's it's simmered down. Oh, it's definitely. not near as raucous as it used to be. And so but what's funny about that is at the same time, lesbian leather spaces are non-existent. Um, some of the Which queer, is a crime. queer spaces, well... Yeah. It's also how it's always been. I'm sorry, lesbian leather has always been so heavily marginalized to begin with. Yep. Take a, I mean, and I don't want to say discount the racial component, but just looking at the gender component of it, lesbian leather has never been well recognized. It's never no, been it well hasn't. regarded, and they've never really been given the same amount of space. And I can say that having come into the Los Angeles area from Orlando in Florida. Lesbian leather existed. You knew where it was well, at. It was all in South Florida. Florida has a very biased issue in that regard because we it happen does. to have been lucky in that it has one of the biggest organized LBTBQ areas in the country. So it has yeah. much better representation than most of the country does. So it's a little different that way, too. But only specific areas. Right. And that's my point. It's only South Florida. It, once true. you go past, once you get past Fort Walton Beach, it goes to shit yeah. real quick. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, but so my but my point though is when you look at the Los Angeles scene, because it's different from San Francisco. I mean, that's the other thing. People kind of assume California is California. It's not. Mm-hmm. No, not even. It's, it's, but every, no, it's you so can drive. Different. You can drive across. Uh, you can drive across the county line, and the scene can be entirely different than the county you came from. That has absolutely nothing to do with it. It's just where you're from and what's closest to I you. I mean. That's true of California, sure. even without leather and kink being part of the equation. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, yep. absolutely. It, it is. But that's, Which that's the same as where I am. Size, to be fair. Right, it, it's the same as where I am. Oh, yeah, where you're at, definitely. Same problem, that. because that's another giant state. And as a result, it's got multiple mm-hmm. different cultures all cross sectioned all over the place. But even with like the lesbian leather spaces in Los Angeles, what I have seen specifically is a leather. Very organized, cohesive, have no problem making spaces. Straight leather is tolerated, provided it's male-dominated. And as long as it doesn't make too many waves. But yeah. No, 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 that's not where I'm going with this. I, I, I'm. There's two very specific groups that had a fracture in Los Angeles, specifically because of their total, utter lack of regard for lesbian leather and anything oh. to deal with the women's spectrum. 
That's where I'm going with this. And I watched what could have been a very beautiful thing crash and burn in flames. Because there were people trying to organize all facets of leather together to have like a cohesive group to do titles, to do conferences. Like the, I, I believe bare bones hearts were in the right place. I truly do. I do not feel like this group had any kind of ill will. Right. But unfortunately, what happened is they started prioritizing. And after a couple of very distinct events, when women were very clearly told to basically shut up, sit down, and have the worst time slots available for events, a lot of women left the table. And so that created sure. a vacuum. Well, absolutely. But the problem mm -hmm. then became there are no women's voices whatsoever now. Right. And so all of these women, it's Los Angeles, for fuck's sake, there's shit tons of us, okay? But all of these women just walked away from the fight. I won't say gave up because I don't feel like they've given up. There's a lot of women that are still fighting um, because I've, I've been able to network with some of them. But now these male-dominated spaces have taken over yet again. And now it's like we're having to reinvent the wheel to find our space again because they don't exist. People aren't willing to give it up. It's almost because they start feeling like, well, you're taking away from us. And it's like, no, you know, we're allowed to have a space. And I'm the bitch that I'm bringing my own fucking table. Well, and it's, you know, it's, it's, I don't it's need your terrible table. cross section because I, I freely admit as much history as I have in leather that it's always been something I've found difficult to deal with because you're right. And I'm I'm the first person to say I don't know dick about lesbian leather as a entity. Because other than, like, the turn of the 70s with Pat Khalifa and Gail Rubin and the founding of, like, Bikes on Dykes and, you know, Samwa, which were, you know, 40 years ago now in the San Francisco region, there's nothing out there. There's no people. I've never met a lesbian group out there. I've never been introduced around one, seen one in the wild. Mm -hmm. And not, not from lack group. of interest, because I'm one of those who would absolutely love to mm -hmm. have seen them. So I, I won't pretend I understand or sympathize in the sense of I understand the feelings involved because I'm not there. I'm unfortunately hetero presenting white. I will never understand that struggle from that perspective. And I have no problem owning that instead of pretending like I can. But I wish I could, if that makes sense. <laughs> I don't even, for me, I don't even know if I wish I could own that. But the reason why I don't even wish I could own it is that yeah, we all, I've said it, we all tend to find something that we want to wish to make us special, and none of us are special, yet we all still need it. So I'm not saying that people shouldn't be able to take their titles, yet, like, you know, I'm, they say I'm gay leather, or I'm black leather, or I'm this or that. Why aren't you just leather? You can leave the title out of it. Mm. Come back to that side of the title on the other end of it. I'm leather and I'm gay, or I'm leather and I'm straight, or, you know? Put it on the back end of it so that the leather part comes first. Again, to try to originate and create that community. Yeah, but my problem is that there's the other side of that, which is they should be allowed to have a space in the first place. Mm -hmm. So being forced not to is my issue. Yeah. That's not okay. Even though I won't pretend to understand it from the right perspective, I can still not be okay with the lack thereof because no one's giving them the ability. And they that deserve I'm never the ability. Be okay with. No, never. Because everybody deserves the right to be who they wish to be. 
it goes and back to be what able I've to said do it a thousand times. If you're not part of the fucking solution, get the fuck out of the way and don't be part of the problem. <laughs> part of the problem. That's it. Yeah. And anyone who's yep. stopping that from being a thing is part of the fucking problem. It's not it's not an easy thing. And I and these all of these topics is why people are so I think they're hesitant when they they're like, oh, you know, leather it's you know, it starts to feel home and it starts to feel right. And then they start interacting with more and more leather folk, and then all of this stuff comes up, and they're like, "Oh, oh, fuck! I didn't sign up for that." Mm-hmm. No, and they don't realize that it is political. Oh, you know, honestly, their identity is political. And and it's and I say that because and I've and I've been criticized for this because I still maintain a lot of people come into kink, a lot of people come into BDSM, a lot of people come into leather. One, for a place of belonging, but two, escapism. That's how it starts. Of course. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know of anybody that jumps into kink and BDSM and they're like, that's right, I'm here to change the fucking world. I mean, <laughs> I didn't come in expecting to change the world. Ironically, I didn't do it to escape, but that's just because I was young enough that I didn't have a reason to escape yet. But, but that's, right, let's, I, let's face I mean, it. that's a lucky thing. Right. right. All of us, who, all of us who have been here, I hate to put it to this way, but it is true. All of us that have been here for a good, decent amount of time, whether you fucking like it or not, you're an addict. You're addicted yeah. to it. Maybe yeah, addicted I'm okay to... with that. You're... If this is my addiction, I, I... I'll die on it. I'm good. Yeah. The, the reason <laughs> why I, the reason why I put the reason why I put it this this way is because whether you're on whether you're swinging, whatever it is you're swinging at said person, or whether you're the one receiving <laughs> that whatever's being direction. received. From said person, <laughs> the rush is what catches you. Mm-hmm. Whether whether whoever is down on their knees staring up at you, or you're down on your knees staring up at them, the rush catches you. I was going to say, you get a pansexual leatherman who's a fucking sexual sadist. Damn right, it fucking catches me, and I have no problem eating that shit for breakfast. But, but that's yeah. the exactly. thing, though, is <laughs> I I've taken a lot of heat though for openly saying that people come into this for the escapism part of it, and so especially with like the online spaces, they don't want to talk about politics. They don't want to talk about all of this dramatic stuff because it takes away from the, the fun aspect. And I say that in air quotes, right? Um, because that's why they're doing the online stuff. That's why they're reaching out to community is they're wanting to forget some of that. Right. And mm-hmm. I've taken a lot of criticism for trying to maintain political free spaces because See... I've watched... And it's a double-edged sword, and this is why I accept the criticism on it, because I understand what people mean by it. Our identities are political, 100%. Add to that somebody who is transgendered. Add to that somebody who is ethical non-monogamy. Like, there's so many different facets that make things even more highly politicized, right? Mm -hmm. Totally not trying to take away from that. My point is, even people in those marginalized communities need to be able to tune out and just... B. And that's oh, oh, when I created I purposeful space that was non-political. And I'm and I was like militant about it. I don't even want political jokes. Fucking stop. Because people that. need to be able to go to mm-hmm. a channel or a group and just be themselves authentically yes. without having to give disclaimers, without having to fight for space and just know you are a human being with a beating heart. You deserve this space. You're welcome. Have, you know, say the jokes, make, make, you know, the the dirty, slutty comments. Totally fine. All of that's in good humor. 
don't make it political. And I took so much heat for that. And my pushback to that was, you're forgetting the new folks that come into this, that they don't know the political yet. They're not mm -hmm. aware of it. They're not aware of what it means to identify as a leather dyke. All they know is I'm kind of butch. They don't know right. yet. They're a baby dyke. So they're still learning that stuff or a baby mm -hmm. gay, right? They don't know. All they know is that bitch is hot. I might want to fuck that person. Holy shit. Wearing leather is sexy as shit. And they're beating each other. Fuck. That's hot too. All These of a sudden I like all this other shit now too. It's not just about And who that's you all are. they know. Yeah. And and they're still yeah, they just... feeling the rush. They're still feeling the excitement. They want to learn. They're motivated. That's why they sought you out. But to start raining on their parade with all the political weight of what that identity holds at that stage to me is why people leave. Yeah. See, I think I think that the the sense of belonging is needs to come first. Yes. You know, like I think people need to feel like they actually belong before they can belonging. even move any further into exploring. Mm -hmm. Belonging and acceptance. Yes. And and that one nasty fucking word loved. <laughs> it's okay. There's there's a bag over there. You're fine. Um, I have two simple points to make in terms of the political free factor because I, I am very much, if anyone has not heard me by now. I'm very much the advocate for that, having political free spaces for a fucking reason. So I have only mm -hmm. two points on that. One, if you need help, I'll show up in a hockey mask and a fucking hockey stick and be like, I'm the political warden. Enter at your peril because I'm beating <laughs> ass if you'd start some shit. And I have no problem being the bad guy on that. No problem at all. Two, for those that do want those spaces but are part of the problem – if you mm -hmm. want political free spaces, don't bring it to the fucking table. Well, and that applies to all of them equally and not one section because not everybody does. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. And I realize it's not all of them. I promise. I recognize that it's that it's kind of like BDSM as a whole. It's the vocal minority making the problem for all the others in that category. Yes. As it were. And that's always what it is. It's always the vocal minority that is the toxic few. And the problem is that they are the toxic few stirring the pot while everyone else is trying to figure out where the fuck the spoon went. Mm -hmm. And that's the people I speak to when I say that shit. Don't bring it to the fucking table if you don't want it. And right. I realize that means everybody has to put their big boy pants on equally or big girl pants. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, bring your fucking adult <laughs> pants on. I don't care what you are, who you are, how you identify, what mood you're in, where you come from. I don't give a mm -hmm. fuck. In this Put space, your fucking depends none of that on. fucking matters. Put in your fucking tampon and shut the fuck up. Put your fucking and depends on because it's about to get wild. Of what gender you are, it's going in the same fucking place if I have anything to do with it. Mm -hmm. It's really that simple for me. And I know people don't like hearing that because, well, it's not that simple. Yeah, it is. Be a fucking grown-up really, about it so we can have that space. Or you're part truly of the is. problem. And I realize it's it truly not is that simple. cut and dried. I do. I realize there's yeah. a lot of semantics and politics and red tape that goes into making that possible. I promise. Mm -hmm. But for those that aren't part of the process of making that possible, they need to put their big pants on and fucking shut up. Because they are part of the problem. Because they're making that impossible. You don't get to yeah. bitch about not having it if you're not allowing it to happen. Because you want it your way. Mm -hmm. 
It's not your way or the highway. It's everyone's way. We're all fucking leather. If you can't get that through your head, maybe this isn't the community for you. Maybe you shouldn't and be I leather. I don't say that lightly because I am the last person to tell someone they're not welcome in leather. I do not say that gently. I want everyone to be a part of leather. I think it's a glorious fucking thing to be leather. I've lived it my whole fucking adult life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you are part of the problem, you're not welcome in my community. And I don't say that gently because I don't care who it comes from. Yeah. I don't care if you're hetero white. I don't care if you're gay leather. You're not welcome in my community if you're actively part of the issue. That's the problem, is that requires people to have self-introspection enough know. to know that they are a problem. Yes. I know. And that's there are so many people that are so unaware. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to yeah, be I aware mean, in many cases. But that, Again, why I'm allergic to the human race. Yeah, that's also true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but not all of us can be a hermit. This is also wish, true. But a hermit to a point. Isolation. I'll go back to my home game for another 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, Sorry. I mean, but, but, the, but that's the reality is people are so unaware personally of of like, who they are what they are what they occupy like oh uh, you're right you're right here i mean a lot of these a lot of these problems honestly just come down to people not being aware and not wanting to be aware yes that's a part of it too they don't want to change they're happy with how they are they don't and they actively they choose to stay that way and they, they, do, actively, because... they truly do actively choose to stay that way Absolutely. They don't feel that they're problematic. They feel like other people are. You know, they don't understand how their attitudes impact those around them and further divide yeah. the community because they don't care about community. No. I mean, you have to be honest. There's a lot of people involved in kink and BDSM and leather as a whole really don't care about the community aspect. They literally are in it for themselves 100% of the time. Yep. Well, and even well, I mean, then, like, go you, be part of that you, part that you want to be in, but leave the rest of us the fuck alone. You you That's dump all. it right back into <laughs> another. You dump it back into another stereotype right there, as it is. And it's the biggest stereotype of all of it: the dominant themselves. How many times have you been called selfish? How many times have you been called? You, you think about only yourself, and you're doing all, the, all this only because you want it. You know, like the whole "I need a coffee slate." Well, I mean, at the end of the day, kink is a certain degree of selfish. I'm not doing this just because of other people. I know I'm getting something out of it, too. I have no problem owning that part. The point I'm trying to drop with that one is is that those people always seem to forget the basics of it. They they either communicated and and got to the point of consent to it, or they stole that from someone. So if Mm. they took it the healthy route, and they actually did, communicate and they actually did vet they actually did go these routes the safe healthy possible way to consent and enthusiastic consent of that for these things to be done for them which mm-hmm. yes i admit it i i love the fact that you know she gets up and she makes me coffee in the morning she does the things that she needs to do when she has her own job that she works and she's up later than i am but she still gets up at four in the morning and does these things to me i still mm-hmm reciprocated in one form or another and guess what well that's the those of us who those of us who understand that we look at those out there who do they literally drop that stereotype back on our heads the the, the basic standard dom he's a selfish they're a selfish worthless fuck who all they want is something done for them and fuck everybody else and those people who drop themselves in that corner over there it's like i don't fucking care it's not my problem 
they make it their problem immediately because they don't stand up and do something about it or say something about it. And I understand many people are afraid. You think I really like sitting in these podcasts? I'm nervous half the time. I'm not not even in the slightest bit. I am always fond of pointing out that kink as a community is always interesting in that all of us have social anxiety, but none of us like talking about the fact that we're all guilty of it. Mm -hmm. But all of us are. I don't like Mm -hmm. dealing with other people. I don't, you know, I have to soak down and, you know, even after 20 something, almost Jesus Christ, almost 30 years of kink, I still have to put a hat on sometimes when I want to go meet other kink people for real. Right. And remind myself that it's worth it. Not because I have a problem with anyone, but I just don't want to fucking go. Yeah, it's not I don't because want of the politics or anything else. It's that I'm just socially awkward and like being that way. I'm not the only one and no one else is either. We're all and that no. way in some form. Yeah. And that's yeah, the point, just... though, is we're all that way. <laughs> if we could for all me, recognize that, it would be so much less bad. <laughs> For me, I mean, like, I'll personally, I will vehemently balk doing a public scene. I will push, right? I will shove, I will kick, I will fucking scream, no, 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 until the time of. And then I'm up there, people are watching, and I go through it, and afterward, I was like, I need to do that more often, because I just nutted in my jeans. It's like an immediate switch, though. The second I am done... I'm back to fuck you all. I am out of here. (laughs) Well, I mean, I've lost track of how many fucking Jesus, how many times I have lost count that I had sweaty palms doing demos in my twenties. No shame. Right. None. Yeah. Do you Mm -hmm. know how hard that was on a regular basis? And I did a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, And I, and I know I went about the weirdest way to come circle back down to this is that we all get, yeah, we all get nervous. We all get scared. We all mm-hmm. think, what is it that I can truly do to help? Right. All you gotta do is all you gotta do is speak your opinion. Yeah. Let your voice out. It's mm-hmm. it's Say always it. been funny to me that we're always us not in this room withstanding, because obviously that's different. I always find it fascinating how many people vocally talk about how they wish XYZ. Mm-hmm. And if they just came out of their shell long enough to recognize that we're all guilty of the same social awkwardness, they mm-hmm. wouldn't have an issue with it. Right. And it's yeah. funny in its own twisted way because we all know about it and we still – it's like oil on water. We can't help but slip away from it because we mm-hmm. are socially anxious creatures, all of us. That's true. It's, why, I won't say it's a trait, this- but it, it seems to be pretty fucking universal. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> It kind of is a knock shit it on the head that most people come into this lifestyle for the escapism part of it. Mm-hmm. It's to mm-hmm. escape that part of your social awkwardness. Or that's, that social construct you come from that states that you have to be this way. You have to do this. And these are the things that you need to do. And then all of a sudden, boom, none of it fucking matters anymore. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Even, if it's, even if it's only for 10 or 15 minutes. Even if that's how long the session lasts, or five, six hours. It all depends on where you are and what you're doing and what you consented to. Mm-hmm. But you get you get that brief amount of time where nothing fucking else exists except for what it is that you're doing right there and then. And that's again why I state we are all addicts, whether we like it or not. Because the whole fucking world. I don't have a problem owning that shit. I am an addict. I love kink and I love leather, and I'm never gonna give it the fuck up. So funny. You're gonna have to run me um, over first. If I <laughs> 
I wanted to say something about um, the what Mr. Devil said about being labeled selfish as as a dominant. And what's really sad about that is it's totally discounting the it's totally discounting the the submissive side of of your dynamic mm-hmm. and makes it seem like that person is what like had a frontal lobotomy and just like walks around and does whatever <laughs> whatever mm-hmm. you say i mean that person right. is being is living you know the life that they want to live it's not about you making somebody do something it's an it's a mutual agreement yeah and you're both being fed so i, I, th- I find that very hurtful what? It is very hurtful. But you I, mean to I, tell I, me it it's an hurtful. exchange? <laughs> yeah. well, right. Sorry. It's called a, it's called a power exchange for a reason. Yes. Right. It's not it's not a power grab. And believe me, I have seen power grabs. Right. I, oh, there's God, a reason yes. why I, I there's a reason yeah. why I said you either went the proper route or you stole that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly. When it goes back to something Knox and I say all the time when we refer specifically to enthusiastic consent. If you're not actually in it to win it right alongside me, I don't want it because then you obviously don't want it. And that's okay. I don't want you to just get along to get along. It's not just once. Every time you do anything, you have to get that enthusiastic consent. Yes. Yeah, I want you to be enthusiastic. Otherwise, what's the fucking point? You know, hey, let's go. Let's, let's let me uh, tie you to the tree tonight and flog you. Eh, okay, yeah, that's not worth it. No, sorry, obviously you not. don't want it, and I'm okay that you don't want it. Mm-hmm. But then go find what you do want. Yes, because I'll help you find it. I don't mm-hmm. have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. I'll point you in the right direction to figure out what it is that you're after. Because you I got it. I, it's not just it's not just my happiness. I have I have had no less than three relationships start and then immediately stop again as a direct result because they were looking for something I couldn't provide and they couldn't articulate it at first. And when we sat down and talked about it, it changed. It was different than what they thought because they were just going along with what they thought they were going to get or might get one day, or maybe that would be part of it. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that it was a bad thing, but at the same time, you know, at that point, emotions are already involved. So of course it's still not great. But you sit down, you have the adult conversation and say, look, I don't hate you. I don't think any less of you as a person, but these are the things you want. I'm never going to provide them for you the way you want them. So rather than sit here and fight each other, let me help Mm -hmm. you find what you're looking for so you can be fucking happy. Because last I checked, I care about you and I want you to be fucking happy. Would I rather be with me? Of course. But if that's not going to be an option, then it's time to be grownups and, you know, figure that out before it gets stupid and ugly, not after. And that's that's actually one of the reasons why two of my last dynamics ended. You know, it wasn't until you, you get in it, you get going, things are going well. And then it's <laughs> like, wait a minute. This is this actually is not going the direction that it should go. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, the bigger person and, and called it, which, you know, being the dominant, that does typically fall on me. But, you know, I, the one the one submissive actually got really angry with me and was like, how fucking dare you? And I was like, well, here's the unfortunate part about growing. And I was like, one day you're going to realize what I did for you and you won't hate me anymore, but you're going to have to burn through that. Yeah. And the other person was like, oh, my God, thank you so much. And I helped them right. find a dominant that fit them. Absolutely. Now, 
because I, I mean that's the thing this is we, we evolve and grow you yeah. know should well, you should and, that's why we're here yeah and it could just be part of the fact that you know i'm on the other side of that and that i've been pansexual my entire life which you know going on 30 years ago was not only uncommon but not that easy to deal with because not being able to explain to everybody perfectly how that worked mm-hmm. but at the end of the day it means that I've been poly- I've also been polyamorous most of my adult life in some form or another, even yeah. when I wasn't actively practicing it. But I've always been that. So I have had the unfortunate end of both of those, like technically what happened at the end of my marriage. If the chick that I was married to had bothered to make two seconds to process the fact that she married a polyamorous person who would have had the ethics to understand what she was trying to do and had done it ethically in the first place. God help us. I'm glad we're not married now, but we could have been. If they had simply pursued it ethically and actually approached me as an ethical person. Yes. Instead of trashing our relationship and our friendship along the way to get what they wanted because they didn't bother to think about it in the first place. That comes granted, back down that's to on one the simple. much more toxic end of that spectrum, of course, but you know, I've had teary eyed, unfortunate let go, and I've had the person who was like you know what? I'm glad we had this conversation because I didn't want to hate you. And all of those are valid. Yes. And they should be. And the more we can do that kind of ethical communicating, the better that gets. But that's the key word right there is actually getting people to actually ethically communicate. Right. Mm -hmm. It's why I repeat it so many times. I'm blue in the face about almost everything I talk about in kink Mm -hmm. and leather. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's not done enough and it needs Mm -hmm. to be when enough of us collectively as a communal global whole talk about ethical, clear communication because we're actively practicing it. There's going to be a lot less bullshit, not because it's never Mm going to happen, but there will be a lot less snafus that come with not communicating properly. And God knows that's a majority of them. Yes. Because it could be as simple as we didn't negotiate properly because I didn't think I needed X. Well, then you should have fucking said it so somebody knew. <laughs> mm-hmm. Should we go back to the negotiating table? Do you want to call this? And you know what? It's okay to go back to the negotiating table. Oh, I'm, absolutely. I'm a firm believer that it doesn't matter how long you've been together. You can always renegotiate what's going on if you're being clear with each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. It means being grown-ups with each other about it. And that's what catches most people. Yeah. I'm wrong with that at all. But you should. You should always be able to put your big kid pants on, come up and say, hey, we need to talk. And this is why. And this is what I'm looking for out of this. How do we get there? And sometimes it means compromise. And sometimes you have to say, maybe we can't get there. How do we Mm -hmm. fix that so we don't hate each other? Right. Hurt ourselves. And yeah, that's an ugly conversation to have, even on the good side. I'm not saying it's pleasant. It's not. Especially if you have emotional investment. But if you have the emotional investment to hurt from it, you have the emotional mm-hmm. investment to salvage it so it doesn't hurt more. That's true. One of the, one of the greatest lines I've ever heard in my life that, I, that just made me completely bust up and chuckle. I was trying to have a conversation like this with someone not too long ago. And I quite flat out put out there, what do we need to do to fix this situation? 
in whichever form it needs to be fixed, what do we need to do? And the response I got back was, you're acting like we've been together for years. Like, really? I'm trying to have an actual, honest, open conversation here as to what do we need to do to fix the situation? I was going to say, yeah. you're talking like it shouldn't what, matter if you've been together a week or 15 years, because it shouldn't. How do, yeah, how do, we, how do we get from A to Z in a straight line? No matter what the Z outcome is, how do we get there? And I got, you're acting like you've been together for such and such. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to drop it. Because at that point in time, it was like, yeah, I'm not even going to go here. I was going to say, no, because at that point, the simple not conversation like is, well, we're just together. And that's that. Yeah. It shouldn't have to be beyond that. Now, don't mm -hmm. get me wrong. Like, obviously, yeah. if you're like pickup play or, you know, a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. You know, it's going to be a very yeah, different conversation type because you obviously don't have the same investment. That's that a, hey, I want to do this. Conversation. It's hey, I want to do this. One. You want to do this? Yeah. I want to do this. I'm, do you want to do this with just me? Just because I'm not throwing a <laughs> collar or a wedding ring at you doesn't mean we shouldn't talk. Right. <laughs> and that's even more so if it's an emotionally invested relationship of any kind. I don't care if it's been two weeks. They should be invested. Exactly. Because otherwise, why are you bothering? Yeah, I'm throwing my investment. It's yeah. about enthusiasm. Was... If you're not in it to win it, why are you bothering to be in it? Thank you. It's really mm -hmm. that fucking simple. Why are you bothering if you're not getting what you should out of it? To, to me, it's just laziness. It is. Basically. I mean, honestly, I felt, it's just I, pure laziness. I won't lie. I felt blown off. And, you know, well, okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, that's an understandable reaction, though. I would have been, it, you know, I'm, they're part of the reason Siri and I have worked as long as we have is she's never taken it that way, even when she's still learning how to be herself. But she's not the first person I have ever met in my entire life. And I have had those conversations with people where I have felt blown off because they didn't want to listen because they didn't get it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, but you're missing the point. It's mm -hmm. not about if we've been together 15 years. It's God forbid you want something and I can help you get it because I do want something for you regardless or if it's of myself so. because that's the point. And if it's something that you want that I cannot provide, then let's find a way to find it. Then how, yes. I, then how do we get there so we aren't hurting one another to get that way? And I don't know. I have partner, you know, ex-partners that I communicate with now and then, even now, not on a regular basis because I'm a terrible communicator, not that you can tell. <laughs> especially with people that I've known for that long, but they are too, obviously. Hmm. But we don't hate each other because we didn't have a reason to after all that history because I'm not that kind of person and I have never done that. And you don't know what that person is. I ended up, uh, it's now been a few years, but I introduced one of my ex-partners to a partner of theirs in the next that they're happily with still. Just because I happen to know both of them and could bring them together. Hmm? Simply yeah. because we didn't lose all contact and networking because we didn't hate each other afterwards. That is also a skill set. It is also a thing. Yeah. It's not about what I'm getting out of it at that point. It's that I still want you to be happy. If I can help mm -hmm. you get to that point with some tool of mine that does not make it impossible or hurt myself in the process, why would I not want to do so? Yeah. I, I just, um, everyone, I, I just went through like a dumpster fire of an end of a dynamic in a relationship. And, <laughs> and I, um, 
<laughs> I, I, it, it wasn't it wasn't out of laziness though um you know we had a contract that we re, we revisited every 90 days for six years and we purposely made it that short amount of time because we knew that things were going to change but neither one of us we'd we'd sit down at 90 days be oh no it's it's good i, I don't want to change anything and we just kept doing that and doing that and doing that until not, neither one of us were saying what we wanted, mm. um, ended up in a dumpster fire, hadn't talked for a couple of months. We just had a conversation last week to just like really lay it down on the table what happened. And the tragedy of it is we both wanted the same thing. We both, yeah. we both, we both mm -hmm. wanted to be free. Oh, wow. And it's fucking tragic. It. Yeah. Nope. Because we were both so afraid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, and that's, yeah, that's talk about right a there. big learn, uh, like huge, that's, that's the huge kicker. lesson. If yeah, that's the kicker honest, right there. For everyone I have ever met, kinky or otherwise, and this isn't a kink issue in that capacity, but it's appropriate because it applies to that mm -hmm. smell, especially really. The fear of being alone has a stronger effect on people's decisions in a relationship than I wish people understood. If mm -hmm. I had a dollar. For every time I personally have been in that situation. Not so much anymore, but especially in my earlier relationships where the decision was made based on I don't want to lose that person because I don't want to be alone. Mm -hmm. When you get to that, I was with the same person for over 10, for almost 10 years, and I knew them for 20. The emotional investment labor to get there with a single person. To wipe that clean is terrifyingly hurtful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't that we wanted to be free from each other. Right. But we wanted to, we wanted to redefine the, the relationship. We, we didn't want the dynamic anymore. We still wanted to be in a relationship. Right. Um, but we wanted to be free from that. And neither one of us said anything and the reason she you know she she asked me what did you think was going to happen if if you said your truth did you think you were going to lose me and i was like yeah and she threw up her hands and it's like look where we are mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah either way that's what happened no absolutely so it's just fucking tragic <laughs> the other thing too is you have to come on to the other side of that in order to see it that's yes. the other yep. shitty part because in mm -hmm. it you won't see it no. no, and yeah. that's and I will say that's something that's very unique with within the types of relationships that we get involved in. Our communication, we preach communication, right? Mm -hmm. This is like a prime example. Like we preach it, we we live a higher level of communication than we ever would have in our vanilla lives. Right. And then we still have miscommunications. And we're still yep. guilty of 2020 hindsight like everybody else. You Absolutely. It. It <laughs> yeah, yeah you don't miraculously absolve yourself, right? No. You know what? I mean, we still have the same problems. Being a super communicator or not, at the end of the day, you're still human. You yeah. still put your pants on and your shoes on like everybody else. Yeah. You still Sometimes feel. You put on backwards. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the feelings may be gross and disgusting, and most of us wish to shun them, but guess what? You still feel them. Well, and it's the kind of thing where even at, you know, the ages we are, like, I still have moments where I knee jerk and I look back later and I'm like, shit, I could have done that differently. I have no problem mm -hmm. with right. that. Yeah. I have better checks and balances against it than I used to. I do a mm -hmm. lot less of it than I used to, but I'm still guilty of it. And I'm not going to, you know, 
I don't sugarcoat it. I don't throw myself out there as magnanimous or, you know, like we like to make the joke, I'm a fucking delight or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still human. I fuck up. But I'm better at owning that in an ethical way than I used to be. Even if it means I yes. have to come back later and eat crow. And I yeah. do. I'll fucking eat crow. And the difference is I'm not afraid to eat that crow anymore. I will come back and be like, look, I, I seriously fucked up. I'm sorry. How do we make this right? Right. Or do my best to do better afterwards. Actually do better, not just say the words. And I think that's huge because mm-hmm. I wasn't like that at all once upon a time. Well, see, that's, I think that's the major thing with being with actually being open and honest with your communication. Is it's not necessarily the words that come out of your mouth. It's the actions that you prove and that follow through with it. You say you're going to do something, you do it. You yes. follow through with it. Because anybody anybody can sit here, anybody can sit on their soapbox and, soapbox and speak. They can become the orator for whoever they wish to become the orator for. Yeah, when they step off that box, if they do not walk the line they talked, mm-hmm. it's like putting butt. It's like putting butt in the middle of a sentence. Mm-hmm. You just canceled out everything before it. Everything, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. I was yeah, going to say, it's, it. you can use butt in more than one way in that regard because it's no different than literally mm-hmm. putting your ass in the middle of the situation. Exactly. It's the same thing. That's true. <laughs> it may be a verbal ass, but it's still an ass. And guess what? Some of them are nice, but that doesn't mean you always want it right in your face. <laughs> yeah, that one might smell. It may, they may not have wiped right. I mean... <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, not that my old man was the only one who's ever said it, but I always adopted his method of, you know, opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got them and some of them stink. Uh, yep. Yep. They'll have the right to express them. You got it. I don't they have to like it, but you're entitled to speak it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not obligated to agree with it, and that's the catch. Yeah. I'm not obligated to agree with it. I'm not obligated to listen to it when you speak it. I'm obligated but to be I me. I'm obligated to take it with the decency it deserves. Well, of course, and that's yeah, if it's shit, if it, that catch. If it's a shit opinion, I'm not going to say your opinion is shit. I'm going to be like, that's. I understand your side of it. I get it. Great, cool. You know, a beautiful Enjoy thing that. I learned years and years ago is it's okay to agree to disagree. Yeah, damn straight. And I have told people that, and some yep. of them don't like it, but most of the time, most people at least appreciate that I'm trying. It's like, you know what? Let's agree to disagree because it's okay for you to believe that way, and it's okay for me to not agree with you. And we're just not going to one agree I've... on that, but it's okay because I don't need you to think the way I think. Another one that I have learned of how to rephrase something that I grew up saying a lot is I'm sorry you feel that way. Mm-hmm. Was I understand that I, I understand that is the way you feel, but this is how I feel. Mm-hmm. It's it's canceling out that because whether we like it or not, saying I'm sorry you feel that way is kind of dismissive. Yes, it is. I mean, in some instances and for some cases, I'm sorry you feel that way. It just fits and it's just the way it is. Yet in other ones, it's not quite. Right. Well, and that's, and that's why it gets messy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, it's not a simple thing at all. And it's not, it's not easy to, when you, because I think you start seeing yourself going down those tracks. It's not always easy to catch yourself and redirect it. No. It's one of those, like, the train wreck has started and you're like, well, I guess we're on the track. I'm already on the fucking bus. <laughs> yep. And here well, we I mean, 
if if the emotions are risen to that point, you're already in it. You don't yeah. even pull the pull, I'm, not, I'm not even pulling the parachute. Just fucking pull the trigger. Let's you're do in it. it. Yep. It's okay. already too exactly. late. That gun has been shot. Now you just have mm-hmm. to ride out mm-hmm. the bullet. Gotta ride it. And you know what? It's whether or not you choose to ride out the bullet with some kind of sense of grace. Not whether mm-hmm. or not you're gonna, because you're gonna anyway. You already shot the damn gun. <laughs> it's whether or not you can ride the bullet. Because mm-hmm. it may go somewhere you don't want it to. You're gonna have to deal with that too. Yep. Absolutely. If you don't like the it, impact in the, the af- fucking gun out. <laughs> the impact in the aftermath is on the other end of it. You just wait for it to fucking land. Because <laughs> here it fucking comes. Hilarious. <laughs> that felt like a nice organic pause. <laughs> yeah, it did. I think we, were, <laughs> we needed we a breath. We, we sat back and reflected on a couple of those moments when, yeah, I remember pulling that trigger. Oh, Shit. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> no one's ever had that. That's why, that's why I giggled oh, internally. I'm like, it got nice and quiet because we're all, we're all having that oh shit moment. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. It's not an oh shit moment for me. I just know that it happened. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, I, no I, this I, is the thing. There's no point in lying about it now. <laughs> I can't. That's one thing I've learned with, with I am where I'm at my age is I cannot regret my past or the things that I've done because if I did, it would just eat me up inside. Because that's all I yeah. do is regret. I, yep. Sure. And no, so I, I just accept it. To do with my time at this point in my life. I'm not getting mm-hmm. younger. You just got to accept gonna... it. Well, that happened. Well, <laughs> my rule of thumb, don't get me wrong, it could easily apply to someone who's 20 as easily as they are my age. But I think that as we get older, part of the reason we get a little bit of wisdom is because we understand that we aren't getting younger, which means mm-hmm. that time nope. is finite. You know, that time is finite either way, like not getting into the semantics on that. But, you know, even if everybody lived to 300 for uh, some right. random number that doesn't matter, you still have only to 300. There's a point where you realize you want all of that time to count, not just some of mm-hmm. it. So you start yeah. recognizing uh, some people, not everybody. You reach a point where you recognize if you remotely want those years to count for something that mm-hmm. you have to prioritize where it's going to matter. You know, my favorite phrase mm-hmm. these days is, is it a hill I want to die on? Mm-hmm. And yep. you know what? The hills that I want to die on, I'm still just as fucking brusque as ever. I am still the salt father and I will fucking go where I go. You know, yep. I'm a leather motherfucker. I'm always going to be a leather motherfucker. And this is my message. And if you don't like it, tough shit said, it, you know. But it's not because I don't care what anybody does. It's that I've chosen those things that matter to me enough to die for them. And the rest of them aren't worth that much investment because they aren't going to help anyone. Is it worth it? The number one question of life, really, is it worth it? No, most of the time it ain't. Not enough to be so caught up in it that you're spending time wasting it, not enjoying it. Because enjoyment... How much of your day is... How much your day is truly wasted anyway? Well, it's about how much, you know, enjoyment is a very relative thing. Like, you know, it's not always mm-hmm. sweetness and light and great times and sexy all the time. Oh, hell no. But I enjoy I haven't done the it. things I do to get there when it's worth it. Because I, I haven't understand the means to an end is worth the effort. As opposed to I I'm just spinning my tires. 
this is this is my enjoyment for this weekend. I haven't lifted a fucking thing. I haven't done a goddamn thing. I have not left this bed. I have not showered. I have done nothing but watched fucking TV. <laughs> Since I got home Friday night and showered. I was going to say, I with would all get up. respect, I'm glad I'm not in the room with you, but... <laughs> no. Bad. I, will, I, will get up, I will get up this evening before dinner time, and I will shower, and I will shave my head, and I will bring myself back to the human species because I have to go to work tomorrow, yet this was my enjoyment for this weekend, was doing absolutely no, totally. fuck all. But it's okay to say I need time in my cave, quote-unquote. And that's mm-hmm. okay, too. Well, I have to. I have to brace myself, because guess what next fucking weekend is? Yeah, I'm aware. Yeah. I'm working it. Yeah. I know all about it. I, ha- I have to brace myself for the following weekend, too, because guess what that is? I'm aware. I'm working that, too. I feel it. It's my. <laughs> it's beyond New Year's. It's my birthday as well. That's right, you old bitch. I mean, so I have to, you know. I have, I'm going to have to deal with the phone calls from the fucking creaks and cracks and holes of places that I don't hear of people, you know. That's a mental just, image. I'm not going to lie. It's just. Right. It's I mean, that it's that time of year where I have to do the happy social bullshit. That well, I mean, the flip mm-hmm. side of that for us is like Siri and I's anniversary comes the turn of the year as well. Oh, but see, that's a positive on the other side of that, as opposed yes. to oh god, who's going to call me? But I get that. I am grateful mine is not during the holidays for that reason. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, no, New Year's okay. Eve takes on a time. New Year's Eve takes on an entirely definition when it's also the fucking day you were born. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Happy New Year. Go to hell. <laughs> Pretty much. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. I mean, I see. I, I, get, I get a couple months break. So. <laughs> I mean, you know. I mean, I do to now. Be fair. That's when I was when I was still married, my my ex-wife, my ex-daughter-in-law, my mother-in-law, and one of her uncles all had birthdays in January right after New Year's. Mm-hmm. Do you know how much that uh, sucks? Yeah. <laughs> Especially <laughs> right after Christmas. <laughs> it, 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 believe me, having it's a like, birthday oh, after God, Christmas really? sucks. <laughs> oh God, it's New Year's. Yeah. No, we're not done yet. <laughs> <laughs> to be to be fair, you know this New Year's may be fun. Someone. May- Someone may end up naked and hogtied with a fucking apple in their mouth by the end of by the well, end of I mean, New Year's Eve. Kind of Works. Yeah, I'm here for it. I don't, I don't know why you said that like it was somehow negative. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say I said it's this not a negative. Positive. I mean, you can party at your house. No, that was that was the that was the good times. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking, hell yeah, sign me up. I mean, poker, the front liquor in the rear. Oh wait. <laughs> no, I mean, I might have three devices for that one. Mm. <laughs> Only three? Jeez. Anyway. Well, I mean... <laughs> I mean, you even know, if you I'm, don't I'm, have I'm, them, I'm, I can't help it. My mind is that dark, so... I might just, you know, I might just have to carve out a hole in the apple. <laughs> Shove it in further. <laughs> is it wrong that literally made my skin, like, I get goosebumps and I'm like, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, fuck yes. No, I don't think it's wrong. <laughs> That's I, not even... It's like, I, said, I won't even be there. I'm like, place. yeah. My mind went to a dark place and I got happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so did mine. I'm a terrible I mean, person, and I'm okay with this. <laughs> you, you've had you've had somebody doing the same thing to you. When are you gonna cut me? Well, I've had the same thing going on. When are you gonna cut me? <laughs> and me going well. <laughs> stop tempting me. <laughs> Please do not give me masturbation fodder. 
Mm. <laughs> I don't need more ideas. Oh my god, my brain is full. I was gonna say I don't need help. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I'm I'm a, I'm a full blown sagist. I'm thinking of renting a hotel room to do this until we get on white sheets and then leaving the white sheets. I just oh, white oh, sheets oh. cheaper. Yeah. White sheets are much cheaper. Yes, yes, they are. Yeah, it's far and easier. Cheap white too. sheets show up better anyway. We're not going to get into that. That's a whole different discussion. No, I know. I, 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 know how, I know how well it, I know how well it ships on white sheets. Trust me, cheap ones are even better. This is what happens when you put a pile of sadists in a round room. <laughs> <laughs> even when we're not trying, we just can't help it. Yeah. Well, you know, I, mean, I, still I don't have even apologize for that shit, though. I still have that blade that I bought that hasn't been broken yet. And it's really sharp. Go. It needs to be. It really it's... needs to be broken in. <laughs> Sounds like a birthday making right there, too. I mean, I uh, immediately get excited the moment someone says knife in a way that's not for kitchen cutting anyway. So, mm-hmm. no shame. Oh, yeah. It has always been my top <laughs> kink. It always will be. Always. The only thing this knife has ever seen is a whetstone. It needs to see some skin. <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> and now everyone needs a moment like is it yeah <laughs> that's for another episode and... a cold shower <laughs> my god right? well, this, this was a round outside problem, so. it's like 15 degrees <laughs> It's just not hot in here for some reason. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah, what I'll is everybody's me. holiday plans? Let's let's how does the sadist spend holidays? Well, you know, I mean, I truly just wanted to decorate somebody as the Christmas tree, but they were like, <laughs> I gotta work. I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> I do. You know what? That's a Thanksgiving day, and that's another discussion for another day, anyway. But anyway, <laughs> um, that said, I think that's a safe bet. We were probably coming to a final thought phase, anyway, because um, <laughs> we're getting to a whole different discussion for another whole podcast. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's safe to no. say that we're wrapping up for today. Um, <laughs> we are. Final thoughts? Anybody? Everybody? Death threats? Hate mail? <laughs> All of the uh, I just, I just want to say thank you for um, inviting me to come on. This has been so fun. Oh, and I learned a lot more about you guys, us. which is great. <laughs> I was great excited to, have, to have you, and I am absolutely glad you could be here with us. I hope to oh, cool. soon. Yeah. Yes. I, I don't know you very well, but thanks for joining us, because, you know, I, I'm kind of sort of the reclusive one that very rarely speaks <laughs> anymore. <laughs> the hermit in the hole, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're probably a little the same of that. I'm a little, I don't say too much either, but you know, it's a pleasure to be here. I have enjoyed our conversations immensely. So, yeah, I knew this well, was guess, gonna be good. Oh, absolutely. Well, I guess on final, I guess on final thoughts is, you know, I mean, to the powers that may be, because, you know, somebody out there in every single household or faction or group seems to think that they are the power that be. Mm-hmm. Rethink your politics uh, on some things. Absolutely. Just take a moment, sit back, and think about what is the best for the group, not what is best for you or your yeah. little clique of friends that's part of said group. 
what is best for the community as a whole. Because yeah, we're all we're all guilty of it. We're we all have our moments where we segregate and we and we don't include others and we do these said things. It maybe for once feel bad about the fact that you segregated and you didn't include when you you maybe could have and maybe could have built some connections in other avenues that may have opened your eyes to something. Yeah. Self reflection is is a good thing. Everything's a learning experience. Even if it's something negative, you're still going to learn something. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how about those out there who are listening who have that ability? Maybe try rethinking the politics. Just mm-hmm. just try it, maybe. That's good. I like that one. I got nothing. I'm happy. <laughs> I blew my load that, at the beginning. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> that is totally valid. I, I always come back to the same blurb at the end. At the end of the day, you know, if you know where to find me if you're looking, if you want questions answered, if you want to know more, if you want to know about leather, kink, BDSM, all of the above, you just want to converse, reach out. I'm on the darker Facebook. I, I'm in this server if you know, for those that can find it. Right. I'm in a couple of others with the same, I use the same name everywhere I go. I am out there to be found yep. if you really want to find me. Don't hesitate to reach out. Don't hesitate to email me, DM me, whatever it is. I am always down to talk. I'm always down to hand out information, help out, answer questions. And, you know, for those that are, you know, part of the conversation today, for all of those that are in their little sequestered hovels, you know, wanting their own spaces etc let me just round out with i want you to have your own spaces just don't shut yourselves away from the rest of us too that's all that's all we ever want we want leather to be leather yes first Mm -hmm. you are allowed to have your spaces and i will make space for you to have them because i don't need you to always be in my space too i get it but don't forget to be leather too that's all 100 percent. that's beautiful mm-hmm. that's, that's a great way to put it and likewise i'm easy to find as well much much like dartex said all my social media handles are the same so feel free to reach out we're, yeah, we're I'm very a little highly to, approachable i'm a little harder to find but if you can seek me out and you find me i'll talk to you <laughs> if you can find Discord, we can put you in his direction if you really want us to. You ask the, for the man on the mountain. <laughs> yeah. The man on the mountain. It's better yeah, than I'm super open monkey. too. Same uh same screen name everywhere. And Mine's um, the same as well. I'm on the I'm black face me. I'm on the black Facebook and um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Pretty open. That one I am not that one know. I am not. But Oh, you know, it happens. Which, that's I didn't even know there. I didn't even know there was one. <laughs> hey, I, I, I steer clear from as much social media as possible. I'm still oh, dealing you, with you probably technically have a Twitter know this account. one. We're just not going to spell out his Twitter. name and know them any money. Um, <laughs> uh, I refuse to do Twitter. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. I won't, no. I, I I won't. I don't have that one. I don't have the snappy snap. I don't have TikTok. I don't have any of that bullshit because I don't fucking care. No, <laughs> I have TikTok, I but it's to watch other people's shit. It's actually yeah. it's to watch the it's videos. It's purely entertainment. I find some really yeah. fucked up shit on TikTok. I have no shame. 
I do. And apparently, the for you pages figured that out on my algorithm and finds me the dumbest shit. It's great. It's like you know I want some fucked up shit. Thank you. <laughs> I literally created a TikTok account just to get Dartex's videos. It's because you heard Woody fucking cuss at me so many times about them. <laughs> but now I'm amused and I have my own algorithm, so I'm complete. Isn't that great? It's a beautiful. I don't ever. I don't upload content to to TikTok, but I do upload content to the the dark Facebooks and Instagram and stuff like right. that. So I am easy to find on those ones. All right. Well, thank you all for coming. Thank you for the listeners who are here now or later joining us on the podcast when it streams and have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you.